Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Appreciate you guys listening to today. Uh, we got a fun episode for you. A good friend of mine, Dan Norcross, is on the episode today, um, and the next component of the Athletes series. He's a good friend of mine uh, back from my Purdue days, and he is now a professional paintball player. And I thought it'd be fun to have him on because you know he works in business like me, and this was a hobby and a side passion. And for people who have something like that in their life and they want to, you know, listen to a story of someone who's gone from, you know, side hustle or side passion to, um, you know, being a professional. It was a great conversation. Dan's a great guy. Uh, and I think you guys will really love this episode. It's cool to hear more about paintball. I mean, obviously for me, I don't, as you listen to the episode, I don't know a whole lot about paintball before this. And Dan graciously, kind of gave me the 101 on how it all works. So it was a fun episode. Great to catch up with Dan, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Give it up for Dan Norcross. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have Dan Norcross on the podcast, another buddy of mine from my old days at Purdue. And um, welcome to the show, Dan. Absolutely, Shane. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I was pumped. To, we, we've you know obviously been connecting here and there since we both graduated and it's fun to finally, you know, I haven't seen you in forever. So virtually seeing you is cool. This is good to catch up. Absolutely. No, I know what you mean. We kind of go back and forth every few months or, or quarters or here and there and, and stay in touch. I know a couple of years ago, I traded you a pair of snow goggles for a six month supply of yep. RX bars. Yep. Basically. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, which I don't think lasted me more than 90 days. That's usually how it works. Once you have that, yeah, once you have that many, you don't you don't treat them like they're uh, they're a specialty item. You start crushing them. That's true. You take them for granted. Pretty soon yeah. it was yeah, you know, RX bar for breakfast, and then I'll have one for lunch, and then maybe one for <laughs> a snack at two in the afternoon, and they're so good. It's hard Imagine to- working there in the office and you can just grab them whenever you want. That was a problem for me. I mean, obviously we've been home for a little while, but when I was in the office, uh, yeah, I needed to like slow my consumption down of our products for sure. <laughs> it's like- it was like it's hard have, to know. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I mean, they taste good. That's the whole point. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can mix it up with all the different stuff we've got. Well, before we go too deep, do you want to give everyone a little download? Just kind of your background. You know, obviously you can hit on you know whatever you want, but uh, just give everyone a little download and a little bit about you. Sure thing. So my name is Dan Norcross. I'm 29 years old, born and raised just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I currently reside in Encinitas, California. It's a little up and coming beach town about 30 minutes north of downtown San Diego. I've been living in Southern California for five years. Like you mentioned, Shane, we both graduated from the Craner School of Management at Purdue University together in the spring of 2014. And I play in the professional paintball league with a team called the Los Angeles Ironmen. And then I also work in the corporate world in retail merchandising. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Um, first thing I just thought of, we, I think we talked about this a little bit on the phone, but I said, uh, quite the, quite the change of pace growing up in Minneapolis to living in a small beach town. How did, uh, was that something you've always wanted to do? 
A little bit. Yeah. I'm actually at home in Minneapolis right now. It's uh, it's 40 degrees here. So that's certainly a Slight bit of difference. a change. Yeah. You know, but I, I was fortunate through playing paintball, really. I spent a lot of time in San Diego when I was in high school and a little bit while we were at Purdue. And the reason being is that San Diego to paintball is the equivalent of Aspen to downhill skiing or Texas to high school football or Florida to spring training baseball. It's very much the Mecca and the epicenter of if you really want to do that, San Diego is the place to be. So I spent some time out there and I always hated leaving. You know, I've been fortunate to travel pretty extensively in the U.S. at least. And I'm usually okay with coming back home. But every time I would leave San Diego, I'd be like, man, I don't really want to leave. This place (laughs) is rad. I love it. And, uh, and after I graduated, I had an opportunity to move out there and pulled the trigger on New Year's Day, 2015, actually. I left oh, nice. Minnesota at 6 a.m. Yeah, I drove out with my dad in my Jeep. And if it didn't fit in the Jeep, I didn't bring it. Oh, wow. Which is pretty, yeah, it's pretty liberating. And, uh, and found Craigslist roommates the day I got there and, uh, oh, and have made it happen. So, yeah, it's been five years. So you... Yeah. So you went out there for a job first, but was it kind of like, was the goal kind of like go out for the job plus you're closer to the Mecca of paintball and it all kind of would tie together. Was that kind of the plan? Exactly. I was really fortunate that I could tie the two together in that the company who gave me a job die precision is the equivalent of the Nike or Apple in the paintball world. And they're pretty diversified. They ran a snow goggle apparel and protective gear business for a little while. They also dabbled in ski, skate, snow protective gear. And then of all things, they actually run a CNC machining business where they make a lot of parts for defense contractors, Boeing, Northrop Grumman. Yeah, if you, if you, you know, we could get super into the weeds, but the machine that you mill a paintball gun on is pretty similar to what you could make a aircraft wing or a helicopter oh, rotor on yeah really? it's, it's pretty oh, comparable wild. yeah they, so they, they figured out uh, there's a little bit more money in making parts for boeing than paintball guns got uh, it so they, they dabbled in that as well so very diversified and i interned in there while we were at purdue actually the summer of 2013 and then afterward they extended me a job offer to come out and do sales and i took it that was 2015 Nice. Nice. There you go. So you, and at this point, give me a little background too. I would love to know like your paintball timeline. I was trying to think through, I was looking at your Instagram, trying to figure it out a little bit. And I was like, the first yeah. way, I'm like, shit, these are like, I, he has got the old school filter that we all used to use and he's still playing paintball. I'm like, he's been doing this for a long ass time. So when did you start playing Man. paintball? Was it in Minnesota? I'm assuming. It was. So where I grew up, where I am now, actually, There used to be, they're both closed now, but there was two paintball fields, one indoor and one outdoor within two miles of me. So it was, it was really accessible and I needed the indoor because there's snow on the ground six months out of the year here, if not seven. So it was super accessible. That definitely helped me get into it. But how it really started is I was in sixth or seventh grade. Like most teenage boys, I thought paintball was cool. And, uh, the place where we bought our paintballs and, and got our, our compressed air tanks filled, that's what powers the, the paintball gun and shoots the paintball. They had a league. And oh. we went there a couple of times, like keep buying our supplies, you know, paying, we were playing in like our, our, our backyard of, of my buddies. 
And that guy who owned it was like, hey, I have wait, a lease. You guys are all your time. So your buddy's got a house where you can play paintball in the backyard and not hit the house? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the Midwest, man. People nice. have right. space. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not, uh, not Southern California. Uh, yeah, so plenty of people out here have acreage. I, I mean, I live 40 minutes out of the city. So most people up here have a little bit of space. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That, that's a good reality check for everybody in a city right now. Yeah, right, right. We're all jammed in for the most part. Yeah. So this guy who owned the store where we bought all our supplies was like, Hey, we have a league. You guys are in here all the time. You should play in the league. And we were like, yeah, we're good. You know, we'll come in a league. We can do this. <laughs> and we got demolished. We just got the brakes beat off us, but it was so fun. And we started to get a little bit better. And most fields will have a factory team, basically like the best guys who play at the fields will form a team and they'll get sponsored by the field and they'll be the factory team. And I looked up to those guys. I was like, that's who I want to be. So I kept playing, got on the factory team for that field, played a little bit more. Can you explain? I'm just so curious about this. This is, I think this is super interesting. And actually, before we go any further, I have to admit, I've never played paintball, which is crazy. I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to, and just never had the chance. So I got to do that at some point. You have to point me in the right direction. Yeah, we can go, man. Yeah, we'll definitely need to uh, do that. Well, except you'll kick my yeah. ass. So as long as I'm on your team, I'm down. <laughs> oh, for sure. We'll, we'll play together. We actually play in Chicago all the time. There's great fields there. Okay. Um, so you, yeah, okay, I mean, and I, how I, do you get on a team? You're, so you're playing like, what are they called? Is it called a match or like a, like yeah. what, what, I guess, yeah, like when you're like trying to get on the team, what's that process like? Very entrepreneurial. There's not exactly a sign-up sheet like yeah, there is okay. for most youth sports, which it's probably inhibited the sports growth, but like most things, man, the key is just showing up, right? Right. You, know, you just be the guy who's there all the time and play well. And then eventually you start playing better than some of the guys on the team and the powers to be are like, well, maybe this guy's better than who we have right now. Maybe we should take him. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So you get on yeah. the team and then is that, what, what happens then? From there, I, I sort of just, transcended through the levels so it's it's almost like college sports where there's like a division three two one and then professional um and from there i graduated to the the best team in minnesota which was a division three team uh got cut from it uh, a year or two later and then the local pro at the time his name was aaron tholey and he actually owns a field now and he's like my pseudo big brother he said, hey, if you want to come play with me in, in Chicago and, and play regionally and step up a level, you can. Uh, so I followed him, nice. made another team. And then my sophomore year of high school, I played in Division Two, which is a, a pretty competitive space. And uh, and I think I took like fourth in the first tournament we played oh, wow. in. And then after, after so that, at, I was at this like, point, are you we're like, good. Yeah, are you, um, yeah, so you're like traveling in high school? Like, are you doing like weekends? You're going to tournaments and stuff? Yeah, that, that first tournament was in is in South Carolina. Oh, wow. um, yeah. oh so you're like yeah, doing like so major was... traveling in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, at this point, is there is there any not to skip too far ahead, but is there like is there is there money and sponsorships at this point? Or are you like is it all out of pocket because you're in high school? Like, how do you do this? At that point, it was supported by a lot of parents on the team, and then we had a little bit of support from I actually the company I ended up going to work for. Oh, cool. But yeah. um, yeah, a, a little bit. So they, you know, most of the guys in the team were around my age. I think I was like 16, 17. 
So yeah, there was, there was a little bit of support, but uh, you know, fortunately I had great parents who were super behind what I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. So you're okay. So, so wow, that's, I guess I didn't realize that. I just assumed mm-hmm. high school, you're playing in, in Minnesota, you know, around Minneapolis. I didn't realize you were traveling nationally as a sophomore in high school. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I did that. And then my senior year of high school, actually, I went pro. So that's when I kind of, you know, made the jump. And then I started traveling a lot. And, uh, and then I started playing in, you know, Las Vegas, Texas, Chicago, Florida, California, as much as I could, I would, uh, I would play. And that actually, that actually led me to Purdue. I was in, I I was in Chicago playing with a few guys who were Boilermakers at the time and we got rained out. So they're like, Hey, it's going to rain all weekend. We're at school at Purdue. If you want to come back and, you know, hang out on campus for a weekend, you should come. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was, uh, I was a senior, so it was good timing. Right. Okay. Got it. That just sucked mm-hmm. you in. Okay. Got yeah, it. Totally. So when, when you say pro, like, what is that? What does that mean as like a senior in high school? Like, what are your options for someone listening to this who is getting into paintball? Yeah. Like, what are your, like, is it an option to make enough money right away to, to not go to college and play? Or like, how does that all work? Uh, I, I wish. I mean, some people fully commit to that. There are true professional paintball players out there. And, you know, I, get, I give them a ton of credit, but most of those guys make the bulk of their living off teaching clinics, off endorsements, sponsorships, you know, marketing promotions on things like Instagram and Facebook. Um, but for me, you know, pro at the time just meant that all my travel and expenses and gear was paid for, which at Love it. 17, 18, I was stoked. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is great. I get to go yeah. around for free and, um, and do what I like to do. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's badass. Okay. So then you went to Purdue and then we had a club, you were on the, like the club team, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned, I I went pro in high school and at the end of my freshman year, you know, I was, I was traveling a lot still and I was away from campus and it kind of felt like I was missing out a little bit. You know, I knew paintball was always going to be there and Purdue, man, your time's limited, right? You got, you know, four or five years at best, uh, unless you want to pay the piper and keep going. Yeah. But, uh, so I made the decision actually to leave the the pro league at the end of 2011 and just play in the collegiate league oh, okay. and focus on that. Yeah. It's just so I could be closer and, you know, all the guys lived on campus and the field was close and, you know, I, I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to bounce every Friday and come back late on Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause in what team were you, were you like on a team like you are now when you went pro in senior year high school? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you typically go pro um, with the team. Okay. Well, and what team was that? It was called Indianapolis Mutiny. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm from, well, I'm from Indy. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, like that's originally yeah. from. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Got it. Oh, very cool. So you were, oh, that's wild. So you were, that was my next question too. Cause, so you were living in, in your home in, in Minnesota. Yeah. But you're on a team based out of Indy. So how does that work? Like I was thinking about even today, like you're on, we, we'll get to it, but the team you're on, where you live, like how does practice work? And like, how does, I mean, I'm just curious about how all that, how all that flows. Yeah, you know, at the time I, I drove to Chicago a lot. It was, you know, a solid eight, nine hours. Okay. And Chicago is a pretty big epicenter for the sport. And uh, yeah, I would drive down. The guys from Indy would drive up to Chicago and I would drive down and uh, and we'd get a you know, hotel for the weekend and, and play. Oh, really? Okay. So you guys would not yeah. necessarily, you would have to go to Indy. The team would meet in Chicago because you had people from all over the place. Most of the guys were from Indy or Chicago. Yeah. Um, so it was really Chicago or Fort Wayne where we okay. played the most. 
Makes sense. Okay. Got it. Wild. And then, so what was it like from going pro and then kind of back to the collegiate level? Because that seems like you're kind of feel like you're probably taking a step backwards a little bit, right? Because I'm sure it's not quite as competitive, I'm sure, as being pro. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a good time out there a little bit, right? You know, the tempo slowed a a little bit. So that made it, uh, yeah, that made it more enjoyable. But so I, I, I think, you know, for people listening and probably have no clue what people are, you know, sounding like hieroglyphics to them. The, the games played five on five on a flat soccer-like field or lacrosse, you know, like medium grass or turf. It's 150 feet long and 120 feet wide. So think like half oh. a football field. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's not that big. Yeah. And then they have obstacles set up that are inflatable called bunkers. And you play a, a five on five game. And the goal is to, eliminate the other five players by hitting them with a paintball and then you hit a buzzer at the end and you get one you get one point for that and uh you get as many points as you can in 12 minutes with a two minute break in between each point so you might play like 10 points in a match wow that's a lot it goes that fast yeah i'd say a point is anywhere between 45 seconds to two minutes pretty quick oh okay i didn't know that I've seen some videos that you've yeah. posted, but I didn't realize it was happening that fast. Yeah, it, it, it seems tends like to go up pretty quick. The videos I've seen, it almost seems like like some people are getting hit immediately. Yeah, is that yeah, like, it, is that I really mean, is that really how it works? Because people are like I saw when you guys start, you like all run and like dive and like you've all the place you're headed. Totally. Yeah, I mean, so the if the field's 150 feet long, and uh, the, the the paintball guns they have to shoot under 300 feet per second. I mean, that ball can go end to end and half a second right that's so crazy doesn't yeah. take that long and what does that feel like in hit at that speed it feels like getting snapped by a wet towel oh okay I could equate it to okay yeah like it's okay. you know like you ever like get like your brother oh yeah a towel in the kitchen whoosh. yeah it it definitely feels like that um so yeah but back to your original question though the college thing was cool because you had guys coming in and girls actually who were like, I've never played paintball before, but oh, yeah. we had, we, we had a, you know, we, we had a call out and, um, you know, we just say like, Hey, if you are interested in this, you can come out and, and we'll teach you. Sure. So I got the opportunity to work with a lot of people who were like, Hey, I've never done this before, but I want to do it. And, um, and I felt like I got to build a team, right. Cause you take people who never looked at the sport before and right. um, you kind of get them, to, get them in the bug. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. So you kind of yeah. got to be a like a teacher per se. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we played against other big name colleges, UConn, Texas A&M, uh, UCF always has a good team. Uh, Temple used to give us a run for the money. Clemson was good. Um, West Point, we used to beat the brakes off those guys all the time. That's surprising. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I get that's the other question I ask all the time. I was going to ask you. How, how are like the army or the marine guys um i play with marines all the time now so i i can't okay. talk too much trash on them um <laughs> but I, I, it, it, honestly dude, it's totally different like it's got yeah like those guys like the the risk reward is so different right like i'll roll the dice and i'll, I'll run and i'll do some things because if i get shot you know i lose a game you know yeah um they you know the repercussions you know in their line of work are a little bit different if they uh, right take, right you take a hit for them actually i could see that being harder because how do you it's like hard probably to separate like your training 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 to be in the military and then you're like doing paintball where it's not to your point it's like 
like the things that you're normally firing in your head to like not do things probably you like it yeah it's like it's like trying to play baseball and, and golf at the same time like yeah whenever i played that like your totally swings different. would get screwed up exactly oh that's wow so, oh that's interesting yeah it, it was it was so much fun man like we um we got a little bit of funding from purdue actually it w- it was inconsistent so i i okay. actually i was pretty adamant I, I never wanted to be club president i just wanted to play uh, thankfully we had a, a guy who was happy to work with, uh, I think it was called SOGA, the student organizations and, uh, grants oh, yeah. association. So we would, you know, we would apply for money every semester and sometimes they would pay for the whole bill. Other times they'd pay for part of it, but they always supported us in one form or another. Oh, that's cool. Cause I'm sure I'm, I mean, I can only imagine is is pain expensive, like the actual balls yeah. are dying. Yeah, and that, like how many of those yeah. are you going through every time you go out and play? Uh, I mean, each person like minimum two thousand, probably. Two thousand balls, probably. Uh, yeah. Really? You go through that many? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, each time I would say so. Yeah. Because well, you're I, fine. I mean, I've seen like I've seen, I've held one before. I know I know there's like the double yeah. trigger, triple tr- trigger. So you I mean, you can fire a ton at a time, right? I obviously know nothing yeah, about paintball besides how cool it is. Okay. I'm asking you lots of dumb questions, but I think it's interesting for people. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. Yeah, they, they actually, they cap the rate of fire. So they, you know, they, the, the ball can't fly faster than 300 feet per second. So to, to put that in perspective, um, you know, like a, like a handgun or a rifle, uh, I'm not that educated, but I know that they shoot around a thousand yeah. feet per second. Okay. So it's like, it's like a third of the speed. So one, you can see them coming because they're not coming that fast. Um, that's like equivalent of 200 miles an hour. And they cap the rate of fire, how many balls per second at, uh, at 10. 10 per second. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the reason they do that is like right around like, you know, 10 years ago, like right around like 2008 to 2010, paintball's only been around since the late eighties. So the sports relatively really new. Oh, okay. And the, the technology was, was getting advanced enough to where these guns were shooting like, 25 30 paintballs a second and okay. it, it just it was making it not fun because you, oh. you, you don't you don't miss anything because you can just spray. That, yeah it was it was honestly it was kind of ruining the game so they um it's like restrictor plate racing in nascar right, right. like it's not good for you guys to go this fast we're gonna you know we're gonna dial it back and and make the game more enjoyable which which sure. is good because you know, if somebody plays for the first time like it's a horrible customer experience if they go out and get shot 30 times you know they're never coming back yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, got so, it. Yeah, I slowed them down, but that's um, yeah, that you know, like the paint consumption thing. So, like my current gun, I got about a year ago. So, and I think the other day, I looked, they have like one hundred and eighty thousand shots on it, and that's with all of our season being canceled. That's just yeah. you know, me that's playing for fun. Wild. Yeah. So, when you say, and you say ten a second, like, are you? How are you doing that that fast? Your fingers are moving that fast, so you've hit it ten times. Yeah, another, another good question. So they they regulated that. They use um, uh, a system that basically, if you if you pull it three times a second, it sustains ten balls per second. Oh, because before they capped it, uh, people were were cheating. You know, you had uh, probably some some smart Purdue engineers that could design software to go in the guns. They're all electronic. Um, and they were programming them to cheat a little bit. So Got now they it. just, yeah, flat 10 balls per second. That's as fast as you can go. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. That way it's, again, it's not, 
you know, kind of getting out of control, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. You know, I, I loved playing with Purdue. We we were like this close to winning a national championship my senior year. Okay. And uh, and if I could have anything back, I, I would have won like one more year with that team. I think we would have we would have taken one home. Um, yeah. And that would have been cool because the the school actually won a national championship in 2009, the year before, I think oh, really? I got there. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, there's a tradition there to, uh, to carry on and it's, uh, it's a bummer that we couldn't repeat, but it, it was so much fun. You know, like we got to go play in Florida together. We got to go play in Louisville a lot. Um, a lot of the alumni and parents of alumni would support us and show up and barbecue and, you know, loan us their vehicles to drive. And, and it was so cool. That's so fun. And how often, yeah. like, what was the season like? What's the season of paintball look like at the collegiate level? It pretty closely followed the, the calendar school year. It was very much um, like October or September through May. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So it's a pretty long season and it's a, it's a lot of your yeah. time, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it was last time. That was like the nice part about playing with Purdue is, you know, I could go practice on a Saturday morning and um and still you know be back to campus in the afternoon and yeah you know, like as you know like Purdue was Purdue was really fun right so it was it was hard to leave on the weekends uh you know take your pick of fun activity you could get into on a Friday right. and Saturday in West Lafayette I know we got I got a RIP uh the cactus did you see the cactus close down oh, I know unreal. for anyone that knows anything about Purdue it's like a Hard to hard to describe. It's a it's like a Thursday night tradition. Everyone strolls down this hill and goes to this wild, enormous bar with crazy loud music. A dance floor in the middle. The cactus cups are like. I wish I had one. I should have brought. I have them down here. I I should have brought one yeah. on the show. Um. Oh man, fun times, good times. But that's sad. That place is closing down. Um, it is. You know, it was it, it was it was a lot of fun there, man. I um. Yeah, I, I got to make it back. I'm going to go back again in uh, in two weeks. And oh, are you? I went. Yeah, yeah, I went back last year, and that was the first time in in four or five years. And you know, like so much has changed. The place is always under construction. They never stop making right. it better. Right. Oh yeah, you're right. Hundred percent. I know. I haven't been back since yeah. my sister graduated in 2016. Yeah, but I heard it's crazy. I've heard the last couple of years it's like a totally different. It looks totally different, which is wild. You know, I uh, I was listen to your podcast with Adam the other day. And when you guys were talking about CS 235, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that class. And, you know, f- funny enough, that was the only class that Purdue I ever just walked out of. You, Oh, really? Yeah. You know, cause it was in those computer labs and I think we were doing Microsoft Excel VBA codes, you know, the, the macros you can embed yeah. in sheets, um, which I use all the time now, ironically, but, I kept falling behind and I was asking my neighbor and I could tell that they were getting annoyed and it, it just, just wasn't happening that yeah. day. And I was, I was frustrated and I was like, you know what? Not today. This, this is <laughs> yeah, this going down like this today. I think I was in the front of the lab and I didn't say a word to anybody. I just shut down my computer, packed my books and, and walked out and, you know, came back tomorrow. Yeah. Isn't that funny how in college, yeah. like, I mean, you can pretty much do that in any class if you want to and just no one, no one would say anything. I mean, you can kind of just, it's really up to you to go. It's really funny for people who, you know, either didn't go to college or haven't been to college. It's, it is kind of funny. You can, um, I remember that in that class, God, I just remember being so frustrated. I remember feeling like, I mean, like, I don't feel like I'm learning anything that I'm going to use except, I mean, like, yeah, to your point, some of the Excel stuff was good. Um, oh, it's so funny thinking back to classes and the struggle. It's also funny thinking back to like what life 
challenges were back then in college versus now and how you get stressed out for a test or like, I don't know. It's just so funny. It's all perspective, but. Oh, a hundred percent different, man. Um, I loved it though. You know, like going to Purdue was, was the best decision I ever could have made. So when I was in high school, actually, I was pretty dead set on going to the university of Minnesota. Okay. And yeah, local twin cities. And I mean, the campus is right downtown. It's, it's beautiful. And I didn't get in originally. I had, I had terrible grades in high school, which, you know, I don't, I don't, I must've just been asleep the whole time because I'm sure it wasn't that hard. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get in right away. And I was, I was devastated. And I actually took my rejection letter and I followed the address on it to the admissions office. And the very next day I went down there and knocked on the door and was like, we got to talk about this, you know, really? Let's figure. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, full shirt, coat, tie, um, you know, I, I forget their name, but I was like, Hey, I, I need to talk to this person who signed my letter said I can't get in. Um, and they kind of just wrote me off, man. They, they were like, Hey, you know, a lot of people didn't get in and you know, your grades weren't that great. And you know, this and that. And in the meantime, Purdue was like, how can we help you? What questions do you have? Have you looked at a meal plan yet? Do you know where you're going to live? You know, that the attitude was very much from Purdue. Like we're lucky to have you. And I actually ended up getting into the University of Minnesota and, and got my uh, this, you know decision reversed. But their oh, attitude wow. was I didn't know that yeah, was possible. It, you know, persistence, man. Exactly. If you if you not if you knock on the door enough times, somebody will answer. I saw you post that. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, they they ended up letting me in, and um, you know that at that point I was just kind of over it. They were very much like, "Hey, you're you know you're lucky to be here," and like I said, Purdue was like, "We're lucky to have you," right. and Purdue just made it so easy to say yes. I'm sure I would have had a great time at the U of M. It's an amazing school, but um, yeah, going to Purdue was probably the best single decision I ever made. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I loved going to Purdue. The people you I met. I think the organizations I was involved in set me up for success in a lot of ways. Met my wife, obviously that was the biggest thing. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I would never replace the four years at Purdue for anything. It was just like a, it was like a springboard into, you know, the rest of life. It's just such a good place. A lot of good people. Um, yeah, I gotta go back. I'm, I'm bummed. There's no football this fall. I was really hoping to go back for a tailgate and do the whole thing. I know. I know it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it is sad, but you know, it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. So it, it'll be, it'll be back. Yeah. Did you watch football last? I was, it was weird watching the chiefs Texans game last night. I don't know if you watched it, but I mean, there was a mm-hmm. lot more fans in the stadium than I would have expected. And they would zoom in on people and people like either didn't have masks on or had them like down around their thing. I'm like, Ooh, you need like one big game like that where a few people come in and then all of a sudden it's, it, you know, it could be a hot, I don't know. That's what worries me is like, I don't know how we, I don't know how we do that properly. Like, I mean, I know they're social distancing kind of, and they're wearing masks, but I don't know. It seems like a, it seems like a tough little, like a, it just seems like a tough situation. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll it see is, after a couple of games and what happens, but. We're, we're going to see. Um, we're we're going to see. Um, it's, you know, it's funny you bring up that if you knock on the door enough times, uh, somebody will answer thing. I, I remember I, I posted that and this is a good story actually. So I was pretty hell bent on getting an opportunity with Red Bull out of Purdue. Yeah, that's right. I think it's what I saw it on. Maybe I was scrolling through your Instagram. I think it's what I saw it on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I forget exactly how I got a hold of him, but I got in contact with 
an HR manager there. And I ended up setting up a meeting at their headquarters in Santa Monica. So I, and I, I think I was actually out there for a paintball tournament and I ended up staying a couple extra days to go to the, um, go to the headquarters at, um, you know, Red Bull HQ, which is an amazing building. If you can imagine what that okay, looks like. Yeah, I'm a, sure. Uh, a office playground. And they sent me up an interview for their graduate program. And this is, this was really cool. So they, uh, kind of cherry picked like 12 kids. There was, you know, like a, a standard application process and a video interview, but then the, the real hot tamale was they flew these 12 kids, myself included to LA to do an in-person interview. And they had some heavy hitters in there. I mean, I like going around the room, it was like Duke, Stanford, Harvard, Northwestern, Dartmouth. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah there, there were some, some, some sharp people in there. Yeah. It, like almost intimidating. And it's a three-day thing, and they uh, they take you out to dinner at this mansion in L.A. before, and all the hiring managers are all wearing masks. Whoa. Yeah, so you, you can't see their face, and they ask you all these questions to throw you off base. Like, you'll be talking to one of them, and I remember one of them said, go give a drink to that person and explain why they're thirsty. <laughs> and then, you know, the next person would, would say, like, explain to me why you picked out the shoes you're wearing. And it, it just... They really oh, try and get in your head. Yeah. And they don't tell you what the, the final interview is going to be until I think it was 24 hours before they asked, they asked me at least that year, the prompt was if you were going to build a company to dethrone Red Bull in the energy drink market, how, how would you do it? And what would you do? Whoa. And yeah, you had to come up with a presentation and present it in front of everybody you're competing against for the same job the next day and also be questioned by them. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Intense, man, but so cool. By far one of the the most amazing processes I've ever been the part of it or I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did it and, uh, I got the job actually. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I I did it. Um, which was cool. It it was just, it was kind of tough. They, they wanted me to move to Washington, D.C., and I really thought about it, man. It was it was a long, hard decision, but I had my heart set on Southern California, and that was something I wanted to try, um, so I actually ended up turning it down. Oh, interesting. But, I mean, hey, there yeah. you go. It's a good example of, you know, you wanted something, you, you got it, but it doesn't have to necessarily be a decision you go with. Yeah. You could have exactly. been married to it, right? Yeah, just done what they asked. Exactly. So uh, I didn't. And then, you know, that kind of led me to move to San Diego and, um, and work for Dye for a couple of years doing sales for them within paintball and within their, their snowboard line. And, and they also Oh, you there? Yeah. Oh, there we go. We're there. We had a little pause there. Sorry, everybody. Oh, we're good. You're good. It paused. Um, I was going to say, we, we really talked about getting a MBA, right? And like yeah. the value and the ROI of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was like, you know, really on my mind when I graduated from Purdue, you know, really the same day you did. If you would have asked me if I was going to go back, I would have said 100%. To get an I'm MBA. I'm going to go back. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. I would have shook your hand and, and bet you every bottom dollar in my bank account. Um, and then, you know, after 
after a few years of doing the dye thing, this was, um, you know, two years ago, so 26, 27, I was like, hey, if, you know, this is something you want to do, this would be a good time to pull the trigger. So what I told myself was, well, you haven't worked with anybody who has an MBA. You know, like you knew them. I had some MBA mentors at Purdue, but there's a huge opportunity cost with going back. It's two years. It's a good chunk of money. You should go work with um with people who have it and then yeah. that led me that's a good idea i honestly i had never yeah. thought about that like go work with the people who spent the money and now hopefully have a higher paying job and is it, was it worth it yeah so i i did it you know and i, I actually used a purdue connection to get a job in in merchandising at petco in san diego and uh, i've been there for two years got it yeah yeah and so yeah. you the one i know the one thing i was going to ask you was um i'm assuming yeah with where you're at in paintball too, were you looking to just stay in San Diego and, and, and find a company there that you could you know, have to move? Yeah. So I, that's a, uh, that's kind of a, a tough story, right? Is it definitely two uh, parallel, but non intersecting universes uh, at that point between, you know, trying to play paintball and, and, uh, and build a career simultaneously. So 2015, I moved to San Diego, um, that first year playing paintball, actually, I was playing for a team in Northern California. So I was okay. driving to San Jose a lot. From San Diego? Yeah, it's like Jeez. seven, eight hours, man. That is a haul. Hike. Yeah, so but I guess I will, in, yeah. into pause too, you, because I think we kind of, we skipped around a little bit, but I, I wanted to get back to your your, your storyline. So you uh, went to Purdue, obviously, and then you got out and started working. And right when you got out and started working at Dye, did you get back into professional paintball? Or what was, how did like, you know, trying to like tie these next to each other? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's why you're the moderator and, and I'm the guest, right? You're, you're better at this than I am. Um, yeah. So, you know, coming from playing collegiately, I, I wanted to get back into it, but okay. it was harder. Like for one, I grew a lot in college. I was under six feet in high school and you know, I was, I'm six, four now. And oh yeah. Wow. I was insane. Were you really? Yeah. Yeah. So being a, a tall, bigger guy that made it harder and the game had changed. It had gotten more faster it uh it had gotten a little bit more agile the fields were smaller everything was just quicker so i had a learning curve in front of me so in in 2015 i'm I'm back in san diego in you know in the mecca and i decided i want to start playing again so i start playing for a team in san jose because die sponsored them and i was working there so okay. it's very easy to to make that connection sure and um dude i just i got burnt out you know i was driving to san jose all the time I even took a Greyhound bus by myself. Ooh, um, I've done that yeah, once. Over, yeah, oh, man. It is, <laughs> Not you got to be committed. You yeah. got to be committed. Uh, yeah, so I took, you know, I was taking buses up there if I don't want to drive by myself. And um, like, you know, those guys, I, I love them, but they were kind of there more for the party. Okay. And we were, we were not playing well. So at, at the end of 2015, had a terrible season. And I actually, I, I thought I was kind of done after that, you know, I was like, oh, this yeah. isn't working out. I'm spending a ton of money. I'm not relearning the game in my new body and the new format. This, this might be it. And so I remember in, in January of 2016, I went out and I played and it was, it was kind of cold that day. Cold for San Diego. It was like 50 out and raining and, and paintball just, it does not work very well in the rain that the paintballs are made of gelatin oh. and water-based vegetable dyes. So like they swell and they break in your gun and your socks get wet. It's just, it's not a very enjoyable experience. Yeah. Um, so I went out there 
And, uh, and I just had a terrible day, man. Like all my gear broke. I got shot to bits and I was like, you know, this is, this is a sign here. I'm done. You stick a fork in me. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, and I remember that night, actually, I was back at, uh, at the condo and I was sitting on the couch watching sports center, feeling sorry for myself. Um, <laughs> uh, this is not a good place to be. And the, uh, the owner of Indianapolis mutiny, Tommy O'Donnell, who had you know been the first team pro team I played for, right. he called me out of the blue and said, we're putting the team back together. We're going to base it out of LA. Now oh. I've got a group of guys. I know you're in San Diego and I want you to come out. And initially I actually turned him down. I was like, you know, man, I, in my current state of mind and you know, the season I had last year, I, I don't think I'm your guy. And he, he talked me into to driving to LA the next day. So I, I get up, drive to Los Angeles the next day. And he already said that he kind of had a group of group of guys to, to rebuild the team on. And I roll up and, you know, uh, this is mostly audio, but I like to think of myself as a pretty clean cut Midwestern white guy, you know, mind my P's and Q's. You okay. Know, like, yeah. You should have, you should have no problem bringing me home to mom and dad. I, I like to think of myself as that type of character. Um, and this group of dudes that, that he had picked up to play were, were some pretty uh, rough around the edges, Mexican guys from Ventura County, um, East LA. Uh, oh, the, you know. know. Yeah. They had, A little more they diverse. Some, yeah. Maybe they had seen some, some different life experiences than, than you or I Got um, it. put it out. And they, they looked at me and they're like, they're like, you, you're, you're the guy he sent you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. And, uh, <laughs> man, they, they didn't even let me gear up next to him. Actually, they're like, you can oh, gear really? up over there. Like, yeah, they're like, you can park over there, man. You're, you're totally. Oh, wow. Um, this is like a, there was like a, this is like a clan. Yeah, man, they, they were, they were not, not fans, uh, no. initially, and I could like, I could hear him like talking shit about me when I was in the parking lot. <laughs> um, but I, dude, I played lights out that day Oh, nice! and, uh, earned their respect right away. And, um, and then we, we kind of went on a run. So that, that group, we had a pretty good season in 2016, 2017, we, we moved up to play, to play semi-professional. So I'm kind of like rebuilding back up the ladder again oh the team had to start and, like lower and work their way up yeah got it yeah we had to start in so because it's not two, that's so. the one thing that's been interesting as i'm talking to you today too it's, so it, it's it's all a team it's not really there's no individual yeah. components to it right no it's all, all yeah. team based so most got teams it. are like eight, eight, eight to ten guys got it okay okay so the team's working their yeah. way up you're part of the crew or, part of the crew everybody's asking me from the outside they're like how do you fit in with all these guys like yeah you know, we look at them and I, they nicknamed us the criminals because all those guys, they, uh, you know, they just had a, a very uh, astute look okay. about them. And then they're like, then you got Dan in the middle, but I loved it. dude. That's I, so I funny. And, uh, and then in, in 2018, we came out and we got a new coach. We got some extra funding that enabled us to practice better, play better teams, and um, we had a, a banner year, dude. Like we came out, and so there's there's five major tournaments a year. It's almost like tennis or golf okay. where you have majors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played all five majors. We won two of them, and oh, our wow. lowest finish was fourth. Oh damn! You guys were and, lights out. Yeah, we were super consistent. And the the big one that we won, we won the World Cup, the you know the World Championship at the end of the year. I got a ring. Oh wow! Um, man, it was it was so much fun. And, you know, we were, we were, we had enough funding that we could split our practice time between Southern California and Tampa in Florida. So oh, two shitty the places. Be, the best teams are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, the best teams are kind of on the coast. So 
you know, we were playing the best competition consistently. It was, it was a really good time, man. So I would like, you know, I would leave work. And then if we play in, in California, that was easy, but I would fly to Tampa on, you know, Friday afternoon, play Saturday, Sunday, fly back Sunday night and, um, and do that for a few weeks. And then we would go to the tournament and, um, Oh, wow. And at this point, is this like at this level, now that you're doing this, like, again trying to get in the professional realm yeah is it like is there sponsors again and like are you paying for this out of pocket like it just seems so expensive it was it was crazy expensive no no that year fortunately we had secured some some funding so it's um it, like 98 percent of it was covered i had to come a nice. little out of pocket I, I still wasn't getting paid at that point yeah. that was uh that was 2018 um but you know i think what i took from that year and we you know we were really successful is when you're consistently successful, it's lightning in a bottle, man. Like you have to have so many things that come together at the same time that lightning in a bottle is just the best way I could describe it. And when okay. you have it, it's, it's really hard to let it go. So, you know, like I was so committed and, and so in love with that group. I remember at the end of that year, I, I started working at Petco and you know, like when you just take a job, they're not as flexible on your time off. Yeah. So, uh, die being, you know, the super supportive people that they've always been, they would let me leave, you know, at like 10 AM on Fridays and go catch a flight and go to Florida if I needed to. And, yeah. um, so at Petco, uh, a few times, actually, I would leave work at five 30 and I think I'd catch like a, like a 10 45 flight out of San Diego. Oh, wow. Let, land in Tampa at, at like, you know, five 30 or six in the morning because of the time change. Oh shit. And then, red eye. Exactly. And then I would grab a Starbucks and then go straight to the field and play all day Saturday for oh, eight hours. Oh, jeez. So you just like sleep on the plane, hopefully? Yeah. I, honestly, I would prepare myself like Wednesday, Thursday. I would try to sleep like 12 hours. Just okay. like, eat really clean, sleep, and um, and take great care of myself because I knew that Friday, Saturday, I was going to drain the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. So, and, and then let me ask too. So like at this point, when you're like doing all this, I mean, that's gotta be exhausting. It's tough on your social life. You're in a new, you're in California. What is like for someone who's interested in paintball, like, and we're about to get to it, but like, what is like the, the highest end? Like what's the end goal? Like, is it, is it going fully pro and like continuing to compete at the highest level? Does that like generate money and it's wor worthwhile? Or is it always, is it like more so, just like a passion of yours, no matter what, like, I'm so, I'm so curious of that. Mm -hmm. It sounds like at this point, you're like, basically almost you've won the world, you've won like the world championship. So that's like, it sounds like the, about the highest point you could possibly get in paintball. Well, I won the, the semi-pro world semi -pro championship. World so Cup. it's like, Got it. it's like, uh, you know, being Alabama, right. You're the, you're the college champs, but you're yes. still, it's not the NFL. Got it. Um, Got it. Which we'll, we'll get to that. I, I won one of those too. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's different for everybody, man. The, um, there's a quote I think of quite a bit. Elon Musk said something to the extent of you're paid in relation to the problems that you solve. Okay. Love that. That's another good one. Yeah. You're on fire today with the quotes. I, I like, yeah, I like that one. So if you think of like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the you know, highest paid player in the NFL right now, quarterback for the chiefs, I think he just signed a, a 10 year deal for $450 million. Yeah, something, so, something like that. Good for him. Yeah. Right. Those guys are paid that much money because they solve an entertainment problem that a lot of people value, right? And they generate right. a lot of money 
with their services and they're, they're paid a, a proportion to the money that they generate because they solve an entertainment problem. Yes. Paintball is really hard to watch. We don't solve an entertainment problem a tenth as well as okay. the NFL does. So there's, there's a little bit of money in it. I would say the guys who do it you know, truly professionally, it's, it's their only gig. I, I give them a ton of credit because they're, um, you know, they're super courageous, but they make a lot of their money on teaching clinics or they work for a manufacturer like I did, or they do endorsements for, you know, certain products if they have enough Instagram followers. I mean, there's a few guys in, you know, in, in pro paintball with, you know, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 K Instagram followers. So at, at that point, I would imagine that you can, you can make a little bit of money off yeah, that. So it's, right. it, it's different for everybody, man. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, cool. So then you're at this point, yeah. Semi pro. And then you want to talk about how you end up like, I would, so is this the same team that you're now on or then is there a time where you left the team and you're on this new team? Yeah, you're, no, you're, you're exactly right. So that, um, that 2018 season, that was, you know, a dream come true and you know winning a ring that was with Indianapolis Mutiny, actually the first team I went pro with. Got so it, yeah. I met those guys were all my friends, you know, to like know a lot of the core of that team from high school in 2010 and then to win in 2018, you know, dream come true, right? Like, Oh yeah, I'm sure. The, you know, the, the Budweiser shower at the end and, you know, it's just the whole thing. It's I'll awesome. Never forget it. I'll never forget it. Um, and then in the off season that year, uh, you know, a few things changed for me. You know, I, uh, I started working at, Petco. So the work life changed. Um, my grandparents passed away, which, you know, was hard. Oh, you know, sorry. It, it happens yeah. to everybody. Um, but we were, we were really close. You know, they were very much like the glue that held my family together. And um, I just started thinking long-term like, Hey, you know what, how long do you want to do this? You know, it, it's really fun right now, but what's next? Where's this going to go? And in January, the Los Angeles Ironmen who are like, the equivalent of the Yankees or the Lakers or the, uh, the bulls in the game. That's the longest standing pro team in history. They've been around for 35 years, gave me a call and said, Hey, we want you to come out. We think that we could use you. So this and, is, this um, is a theme. This is like, so twice you've like thought about hanging it up and you've gotten a call basically from, yeah, that's pretty wild. I know it, it keeps dragging me back, man. That's a good sign, right? That's something yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It is. Something. Um, yeah. They, so they gave me a call and um, that's actually like the, the banner, the marquee team that die sponsors. Okay. And, you know, so I had just left working there, um, you know, like four or five months earlier. So I was like, well, you know, how does die feel about it? Because they finance the majority of the team and, you know, how are they going to take it? Obviously I just left working there and, um, they were totally behind it, which is really cool. You know, that uh, it says That's so awesome. much about those guys because, you know, from the time I was 16, 17, they, they sponsored me with gear. They gave me a job when I was 23 to 27. And then even after I left working there, they, uh, they signed on to sponsor me as an athlete and, you know, pay all my expenses and provide me with, with equipment. And, you know, like from start to finish, they've always wanted the best thing for Dan Norcross, which is amazing. You know, not a lot of companies will do that for the people that they support. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, that sounds amazing. 
I mean, that's so cool that it's kind of like full circle too, right? I mean, you kind of left for hopefully bigger, brighter opportunities, and then you kind of circle back and you get a chance to go. So now you're like, this is the highest stage, right? This is like the top pro or no? Yeah, yeah, this is the league, man. Welcome to the show. Um, And it was, I mean, it was a real, it is a real professional organization. I mean, we're all compensated to play. At this point, I have a athlete contract with social media requirements. You know, I have to wear wow. certain things. I term, yeah, it's, it's how it should be, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. sure any NBA or NFL, Major League Soccer contract, NHL, they're, they're all like that. Oh, and sure, that yeah. Is, you know, our sport should have more contracts. A lot of, if, you know, if there's maybe 200 guys in the league, total in the pro league, the majority of them probably don't have contracts. I would say maybe 60, 70 of them do. And to be one of those, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm in a, a world-class organization that's funded and, and supported by a company that legitimizes it. That's so badass. Yeah. I mean, at that, and at that point too, did it, was that like a, that's gotta be a, I don't know. Was there something that went off in your head that you made it to that level? And like, at this point, like, I mean, it's gotta be, it's it's, like, I know you have a really good job and and we don't have to go deep into that, but like, I'm curious on like, now that you've made it to this level, do you, do you foresee potentially like you taking a bigger like business role in paintball going forward? Cause I mean, now you're on the stage, now you're playing in it. You're, you've been successful. Just curious where your head's at with all that. It seems like that's if once you make it there, that's got to open a lot of eyes for a lot of people in the paintball world. Potentially. Yeah. You know, I, I did the playing and working in it thing for quite a while. So I, I knew what that was about. It's tough, right? To do anything 360 days a year, you know, pretty much because if you're working in it Monday through Friday and then you're playing on the weekend and then, you know, you got a few holidays off, it it, it is tough. Um, There's plenty of people who do it, but it it burned me out a little bit. You know, there, there'd be weeks when, you know, I had, a long work week. And then it's like, man, I, I don't want to go talk about paintball on Saturday morning. I want to, I want to go to the beach. I want to do something normal. Um, but had to go. So I like just being a player at that point. And I, I kind of like the the separation of, of church and state a little bit. Um, and then really cool Petco rolled out, uh, open paid time off uh, later that year. Yeah. Which, you know, fit like a glove yeah. on my paintball schedule. Um, and I mean, they're, they're super supportive as well. I, I you know, I, I imagine RX is like that too, but the, the way of the modern workforce, I think is kind of just like, as long as you get your work done and right. you get back to people and you're a good communicator, you can certainly balance you know, your professional and your, your passion as well. Yeah. Love that. I mean, that's so cool. And what, what's it been like, I guess, what was like the first time you played on the pro level? What was that like? I'm sure that was it. Was it a bigger stage? Is it a bigger audience? Like what, what felt so different? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I try to not get too hyped for the moment. Everybody, everybody's different, right? Like some guys before games will, you know, have their headphones in and want to be by themselves and almost go into like a meditative state. Sure. I know that I play the best when I'm just there in the moment and I'm not too serious. I understand what I'm doing and understand that I need to give it my all, but I try not to get too caught up. Like I never want to look at the crowd. I don't want to talk to anybody that's not on the team. Um, But when I'm in, you know, our little circle of, you know, 
10 guys and, and you know, our coach and our staff, I want to joke with those guys and I want to laugh and I want to be relaxed because I know that's how I'm going to play my best. So I, I tried to just take it like another day at the field. Yeah. That was my attitude. Got it. Got it. No, that makes sense. And I'm sure, are you loving it? Has it been fun? Because you have yeah. another one full season now. Is this your second season? Yeah. So 2019 was my first year with the Ironmen and, and um, there's 20 teams in the league. We played uh, 10th. So middle of the road, um, not bad at all, but um, it was nonetheless a ton of fun. We had some really good players on the team at the time um, who I got to learn from. We had a ton of experience. And then we actually lost some of those guys in the off season. They oh, okay. got traded. They got traded and went to a different team. And then. Oh, so there's like trades and everything, just like any other program. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. When you're, when your contract, when your contract expires, right. You're, you're up for a trade. Um, so it's it was tough to, to lose some of those guys, but we rebuilt a little bit in the off season. And then in March, we had our, our first major event and, uh, and we actually came out and we won. Oh, nice. Amazing. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that was cool. Yeah, it was, man. So the, you know, like I said, the Ironman are the longest franchise in the game. They've been around for 30, 36 years, actually. And, uh, they hadn't won in 11 years. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Being the group that brought the team back to first place. Yeah. Felt pretty oh, yeah. good. Right, right, right. Oh, I'm sure. And so what's the season look like now with COVID and everything this year? Has it changed a lot? Yeah, I mean, everything's changed, right? So out of those those five major events, two, three, and four have gotten canceled. We won number one, so I'll take that. Yeah, there you go. And number five is here in November, tentatively. Um, but I, I doubt that that we will attend, you know, just kind of talking uh, amongst our team. You know, we have some guys who have young kids. Um, you know, I'm around my parents all the time who are both over 60. And, you know, my, my thing with the virus is I, I don't want to live in fear of it, but I certainly want to respect it. It is it is a real thing. Yeah. If you put yourself in positions to be compromised, you could be compromised. And, uh, right. you know, a, a, a social gathering of a few thousand people in Florida, of all places, yeah. is probably not the most wise thing to put myself in. Yeah. No, it makes sense, man. Makes sense. I mean, paintball will be there when we can get this under control. So it'll be there. That's exciting, man. That's so cool. I'm pumped for you. I mean, I I've been obviously fought, we've been friends for a while and I, uh, I've, I've followed your story through Instagram and I've always seen just the steps, but it's been really cool to like break yeah. it down and, and learn a lot more. It's paintball is one of those things where I think everyone that knows anything about it or watches it thinks it's cool as shit. But I bet most people don't know like the details behind the competitive side of it. I don't think it's talked about super widely. Unless you're in the paintball no. circle, I'm sure, right? And that and that's that's our fault, right? That's our you know that's our marketing department that um that needs to do a, a better job, you know. And there's, you know, major sponsors have have tiptoed into paintball. Like Anheuser Busch has been there for a while. Um, Monster Energy has been there. Um, the Marines have yeah. been there, you know, doing doing recruiting and, and sponsoring things. Um, it's just it, it never sticks that okay. well, you know, and and um. We can what do a seems, whole other podcast. What just seems but. funny, because I, I think what, what clicked in my head during this episode is um, when I talked to Matt Frazier, we talked about CrossFit and how CrossFit started off just very similar. Like there was not a lot of money in it. There wasn't a lot of funding to the athletes. And then like brands that were within CrossFit, like the people that sold the shoes and the people that sh- sold the gear and then the plates and the bar, like 
then they started getting in. But then now like the, the, they've done such a good job of marketing that like, you know, beer companies are coming in. And, and mm-hmm. I just, you think, I would think paintball could be the same way where like, it's cool as shit. Anyone can do it. Like anyone can go out and play paintball, which I think is a huge advantage because then it, like you can watch it and then be like, oh shit, I want to go play. And then you can go play. Um, so I wonder, yeah, it just seems like maybe things like this where we can get more people to learn about it and, and hear about it, it'll help. Is there like, when you guys compete, is it on TV, I'm hoping, and I'm assuming, or is it online, or how, do you, how can people watch it? On a webcast. They, yeah. they do a pretty good production job with the webcast, and um, I, it's, it's super cool that you're into CrossFit. I, I watch your videos at the garage gym all the time, and oh. I'm jealous. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had that in my, uh, my two-bedroom apartment. Um, it's been like the best, but, um, luckiest investment I think we've ever made uh, is, is putting that together. Like I never, oh, nice. we had it, we have had it for almost two years now. We bought, I put it together right when we bought the house. Uh, two years ago. And I, it was funny because people didn't like laugh at me, but people like, especially who I work with, because like most people I work with live in the city and they go to like really nice gyms, downtown Chicago. And I'm out here in my like dirty garage, but I just like love it. I just feel like it's grittier. And I, I don't know, it's just nice to have in like, it's like I walk out my back door and it's just my garage. So it's been, it's been funny though, when COVID hit, it's just like, it was like a whole like flip of the switch where now it's like, everyone wants to have the stuff at their house because you don't want to go like share weights with people at a gym or do any of that, you know? So that's funny side story, but 200 pounds is 200 pounds, bro. It doesn't yeah, matter right. if it's downtown <laughs> Chicago garage, you know, that's in a right. park in, in San Diego, the, uh, the iron never lies. That's, that's right. That's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite things about it. I think that's, that's a, a quote. I, I can't take that, um, take credit for that, but yeah, 200 pounds is always 200 pounds. That is um, so funny. I, you know, true. I, I think, you know, CrossFit's done a really good job and I've done CrossFit a number of times of building a community within itself, right? And, and CrossFit right. built itself up to be attractive yeah. to outside investors. CrossFit didn't really need the help when those companies came in. Those companies, I think, certainly added value and added exposure to the sport. But, you know, I think the attitude in, in paintball is like, you know, we really need a, a Procter & Gamble or, or a Nike to come save us. Right. And, you know, you and I know from the Purdue days, it's like, that's, that's not how it works, man. Like yeah. those companies, they'll come in when you don't think you need them exactly. because then you're doing good enough on your own. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a good way to think about it. It's so true. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. mean, to me, it's like, so I actually, I need to like, I would love next time it make, I'll have to like pay attention because hopefully you guys can do it again. I would love to watch on the webcast and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's what, I mean, that's to me, what's made CrossFit. So it's like growing and growing is like same kind of thing. Like you can, watch someone do it and then you can go take the exact same workout they did and go in your garage and do the same workout obviously probably not as hot heavy weight or as fast but like there's something there where it's like you can take like i was i love the nfl but like at the end of the day like i can't go out and play tackle football with my buddies i, mean, I guess you could mm-hmm. but like that that's like the only thing that's i, I sometimes think like with how much they're paid and then you can't re- like repeat it where I think something like paintball or CrossFit, I think it's kind of interesting and cool that you can like do what the other, what the professionals are doing. I think it's interesting. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You know. It's more accessible. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's exciting, that's, man. Um, I hope you guys can get that, back to competing. I'm sure that's kind of a bummer just, you know, being on the stage and feeling like it's on pause right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, but I, I've managed to, to stay busy you know, I, I still play pretty much every weekend. Um, and about, about a year ago, actually, I, um, I started going to a gym in, in San Diego called Activate. 
and they train a lot of NFL and MLB guys in the off season. Sweet. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's, it's been a really cool environment to, uh, to immerse myself in. And, um, so I'll, I still train there okay. a few days a week. It's and, open and, and everything's masks or social distancing uh, or something. Appointment only. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a, I've got a book, um, book of time, but yeah, so that keeps me busy. keeps me in shape. Um, I was, I was thinking, you know, like, so I worked at the, the Corec at Purdue. Yeah, and right. I feel like I, I used to see you there all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's and, right. That is where we cross paths a lot besides oh, man. You know, class and stuff too. Yeah. I, I loved, uh, I loved working there. It was, it was a great job, but, uh, I, I was thinking the other day, you know, I remember when I was in college and I would train, you know, you're doing like bench press and bicep curls, you know, you want to look good at the beach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, uh, I'm doing, you know, hip mobility and, you know, <laughs> back, back exercises. And I'm like, I just don't want to get hurt. Uh, it's, it's funny how it's, uh, how it's changed. Um, yeah, I yeah. feel like with through life, it's, it's different changes the priority, right. Or what the goal is. Yeah. For someone like you, I'm sure the goal is to be in, in a good, in a good physical, you know, shape for a game and make it to your point protecting yourself from getting injured because that's the last thing you need it's so yeah, funny yeah very different it, exactly I, I was i was reminiscing on that on uh on our days uh, at purdue and, and seeing you around the correct so yeah funny. things have changed nonetheless right they have they have it's all it's all fun stuff though yeah that's so cool well, thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate you coming on. I thought this was great. I mean, is there anything else? I think the one thing I wanted to make sure you added was, you know, I guess someone like me who I'm obviously older, I'm not necessarily someone who can get into competitive paintball today, but like if someone is younger and listening, do you have any advice or, or tips on, you know, working their way up and, and trying to do the whole paintball thing the way you have? I would say just go play for fun. You know, don't, don't try to, to do it, to go pro necessarily. I am playing pro because I loved it when I was 12 and I've found a way to keep doing it at 29. And, and that's why it works for me and whatever it is, you know, if you're into shooting pool or horseback riding or Quidditch, just do it because you love it. And you love the process. Like Adam said, you love practicing and you love being out there. And, um, and then I think through that, you'll naturally find ways to keep doing it. Got it. Love that. That's great advice. And then do you, how long, I mean, hopefully it's for a long time, but uh, have you thought through like, what's, what's the timeline look like for you and like how long you think you'll compete competitively or are you just kind of taking it year by year and, and continuing the grind? You know, I'll stop when I no longer want to give it a hundred percent. I never want to be a guy who shows up and gives 90% effort. So Love it. Yeah, the day, sense. the day I feel like I'm i uh, I'm going to show up and half-ass it. That's the day that I'm out, but hasn't happened yet. So Love it. Yeah. They, right. They still got to deal with me. <laughs> Stuck with you for a while. No, that's awesome. And then the last question I have, I ask everybody on here is, um, you know, you're a super smart guy and you're into all this too, but, if you had to suggest one book, podcast, source of knowledge to the audience, what would it be? Man, I, I knew you were going to ask me this because I listened to your, your podcast and you're, you're truly in, in my rotation. So, Oh, thank you. I appreciate I'll, I'll, that. I'll That's an honor. Yeah. Yeah. No. So uh, I'll, I'll break it down. If, if you were going to do a, do a podcast, I would say simply finance with Shane White, obviously. Obviously. Um, or listen, or, or how I built this with Guy Raz. That's an incredible podcast and, and certainly one of my favorites. Uh, if you are a reader, read Outliers 
by Malcolm Gladwell. I, I think he does a great job of explaining success. And, you know, basically he points to the fact that success is opportunity meeting preparation. Yeah. So have you read that one? So no, it's really funny. Actually, you said that I'm going to literally buy it when I get off here. Cause you're, the, so you've suggested this, Matt Frazier suggested that one. That's what he actually put down. And then I've had really? people like yesterday, someone posted a thing on Instagram of like, they heard it on, there's three people now that have said that on the podcast and people are buying it and like reposting it saying like, I heard, heard this on your podcast from so-and-so. So, but I have not, I've, but I mean, obviously it just keeps getting brought up. So I'm going to buy it right after this. Yeah. You, you got to do that one. And um, if you're, if you're not a reader or not a podcaster and you just want to watch Netflix, go watch the last dance about yes. the 90s. Oh old. yeah. Oh, good one. That's and a good idea. Michael no Jordan. one said that yet on here. Oh man, go watch it twice and just listen to Michael talk and his attitude on competitiveness and being a teammate and his relentless drive to win. So if, if, if Netflix it. is your thing at the bare minimum, go watch that. Yeah, everyone can do that. Everyone can at least go on Netflix and watch something productive. Yeah. Yeah, The Last Dance was sick. That was, I, oh I got pumped every week for that to come out. Um, so good. It's so cool to see. I remember being a little kid and being a fan of the Bulls and being from Indiana. It was funny living in Indiana because it was like I was a Bulls fan, but then Reggie was big. So mm-hmm. it was like the whole thing. And, but to see like video of behind the scenes of how competitive he really was and just how focused he was, it's just crazy. It's, it's like one of those, you know, once in a lifetime type of people you get to, you get to like learn from. Without, without a doubt, you know, when I, the big takeaway I took from that and you know I've, I've been around in, in my sport at least some really competitive and successful and elite players they're all pretty selfish to the you know to some extent and they're they're very critical and, and demanding and, and disciplined right. and like sometimes they're not nice and you know sometimes those guys are dicks right to their teammates and when Jordan got criticism for that I felt that was people who are non-athletes or haven't played elite level sports just not understanding that's how it is. Like sometimes guys are assholes. Sometimes yeah. guys, you know, de- demand more of you than you think you can give, but they're doing it just to make you better. And that's how it is. So I have no doubt that Jordan was probably not the nicest guy to have on your team. But sure. Oh yeah. Him. Right. Right. But he yeah. was successful at what he did. And he was, I, I've, I feel like what I took from that and I've been taking away, from, I've actually been picking up on this in a lot of things is, and I've tried to do it a lot in 2020 on a couple of things, this podcast being one of them is if you want to be successful in something like, instead of trying to do a million different things, be like laser, laser focused on a couple, a couple really important things and just triple down on it and see what it does. Uh, I feel like that's what he did. He just like kind of like blurred a lot of things out. and was just like, it was just all in on basketball and, it, and really winning. It was like more than just basketball. It was like win at all costs type of thing. The jack of all trades is the master of none. That's right. That's right. It's true. Yeah. It really is true. Yeah. 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 You got to pick. No, well, I love that. great, man. Yeah. Thank really you, Dan. I really it. appreciate it, man. It was great catching up too, man. We'll have to uh, do this again. And hopefully we, maybe we can do one when uh, you guys, you know, when that day comes where you guys go back to one of the major competitions, we could do one before and, and get it out to everybody to get people watching. I would love that. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Good deal. I appreciate it, Shane. You take care. All right, you too, buddy. See ya. See ya.
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Hope you guys loved that episode with Dan Norcross. Uh, As always, links to everything for him. I have his social media handles in the show notes. If you'd like to follow Dan and follow along in his journey uh, in in the professional paintball league, as well as uh, Robinhood. If you want to get into your own investing journey, you can click the link in the profile, uh, in the show notes, excuse me, and you can start your investing journey today. You get a free stock with the link if you sign up using that link. And then, as always, the COVID stock market rebound tracker. I've added some new stocks recently into my watch list. This is a, a great resource for any of you who want to get started in investing but don't know you know, where to start or what companies to look at. Or if you're someone who just wants some fresh ideas, uh, this is an, is an always updated list of what I'm focused on and what I'm thinking about investing in or am invested in. So that link is also in the show notes. And uh, thank you, as always. If you guys love the episode, please share it with your friends. That is the biggest help you can give me. Uh, It helps grow this platform tremendously. So thank you for all of you who continue to share the episodes. And then leave a review. Uh, If you could do that, that would be also very helpful uh, for the growth of the platform. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll be back with a new episode soon. Have a good one. See ya.